0: Last night, we had the uh, med students here with the physicians and uh, it was a great get-together. We had mass here and then a cookout. And it's an interesting thing when you think of your doctor. With all the changes in life, particularly with the emphasis on changes, there is, much as they say in Les Mis, you know, when the fellow takes off his his, uh, top hat and he looks up at the heavens and the stars, unchangeable following the rules of God and the sky there above us all. In a certain sense, that's what our physicians are to us in the practical order many times. Not as a law of heaven, whatever, but I'm just saying we repair to them. We repair to them for counsel and for advice and for common sense. You could have a bad doctor, that's considered a horror, because you're precisely trying to get an honest evaluation from them and to restore your gyroscope. Am I sick or am I just doing something wrong my diet or exercise or whatever? And we really depend on them to, in a sense, fix our way. And the difference that they make is immense. And throughout history, there have been physicians who stood out among others and made a great difference. Uh, Sir William Osler is one, who was a Canadian who ended up head of medicine at, uh, at uh, Penn, and then was so famous he was hired away to be the founding head of medicine at Johns Hopkins, when it opened up. To give you an idea of his ability, the hospital, the school weren't ready to go. So do you know what he did with the months, the year he had free? He wrote the principles and practice of medicine, which went through new editions, for a hundred years. And not only was it the Bible for the medical profession, but John D. Rockefeller, when he wanted to make a, try to, to improve American medicine, asked the Baptist minister, who was his advisor on philanthropy, what he should do. And the minister found that book by William Osler. He looked through it and he realized how little there was of science not because of Osler, just because of the state of the art, how much medical schools were, uh, you know, when the Flexner report came out, many of them closed. Flexner who did the evaluation was said, told if he ever came to Chicago, he'd have his, head, have his head blown off with a gun because so many of them closed the profiteering. There wasn't science, just profiteering. We'll give you a piece of paper, you give us money. Makes us happy. Doesn't make the patients happy, but that's, uh, you know, that mistakes can be buried. So William Osler was a great force. And uh, that led the Baptist minister, who advised John Rockefeller to tell him to found something. And so the Rockefeller Institute was founded in Manhattan, now become Rockefeller University, uh, for insight into medical, filled with Nobel laureates. So many of them, certainly some in math and physics, but so many of them in medicine or biology, uh, trying to find out the truth of things about health, not the lore or the custom or uh, some old tale, but reality. It's not at all untrue that people are shocked in our age to see how few people are interested in reality or unafraid of unreality. Put it either way. I'm not sure which way is scarier. I'm not sure which way is scarier. Over at the dinners I once, there was a woman who said said her mother had a big family and she didn't have enough money to pay for the food. So she wrote horoscopes for the local paper. I realize we don't believe in horoscopes, she shouldn't have done it, but she had kids to feed and there you are, okay? Let's give her a break. She had to get food on the table. And so she got letters which you could pile from the mailbags in two piles. And one of them said, you're always right. And by the way, she would just make stuff up. She wouldn't know what to say. She said, what should I say? Well, in summer, tell them they're gonna go on a journey. You say, right, you're going to go on a journey. So one pile said, you're always right. The other pile was more frightening. He says, I always do what you say. How's that for scary? Abdication of freedom, which is the whole problem with listening to a fortune teller or a horoscope. Abandoning what we want most, choice. Abandoning it and having someone else tell us what to do. Not unknown in every age. And so the importance of doctors in setting us straight about reality and truth and so on. And so I said, Osler was a standout. He was head of, founding head of medicine at Hopkins for the end of the 1800s. And uh, at the beginning of the 1900s, he was Regis professor at Oxford. So a person could justly argue that he was perhaps the most famous doctor in the English speaking world. And uh, when, he was, uh, when he was finishing his time in Baltimore, he was rushing down the street. And the young doctor whom he taught was going in the other direction and asked him, Dr. Rosa, what are you rushing to? He said, I'm going to the county medical meeting. County medical meeting used to be the continuing ed of medicine. My grandfather used to, used to hear stories about how it was such a Frito Misto of doctors of all kinds of size and shape and ability, but that's where they spread abroad what the truth of the matter was or tried to discern it, which we all have to do, which we all have to do, which we all should work at. And, uh, he said, I'm going to the county medical meeting, come to think of it, why aren't you? The young doctor looked down and said, Well, frankly, I find I don't get much out of them. And those who looked him right in the eye and said, Do you think I go because of what I can get? I go because of what I can give. I go because of what I can give. If the Lord had not offered his life for us, we would not be here. The Father, the power of the Spirit, hadn't raised from the dead, we would not be here. If the apostles of Peter's faith in who Christ was, was not there as a rock, there would be nothing to build on the apostles' example of sacrifice. Think we just had this past week of Philip telling Nathaniel about Christ. Nathaniel was a skeptic. I'm sure you've never met anyone like that. Never, made, maybe in New Haven, not here. And uh, he said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? A skeptic. But Philip succeeded in bringing Bartholomew and Nathaniel to Christ. And when we speak of St. Peter, is he the first apostle? Not at all. It was his brother Andrew who found the Lord and he brought him to Christ. I've told some of you the story that I walk around campus all the time and in, a few, two years ago, I was walking around campus and a fellow got chatting with me about thinking about becoming a Catholic. And he began talking about his faith journey. And among other things, he talked about his devotion to St. Augustine, how that seemed important. I said, well, Augustine's a bedrock. Of course, scripture is too. But I said, we have a magnificent window of St. Augustine and St. Paul's Church. You must come and see it at some point. And he said, well, let's do that now. So he walked over to that window in the middle of that wall right there, see it? See the middle window? There's St. Augustine. And um, there's a physician, a famous philosopher of the 20th century, Karl Jaspers, also a doctor, called him the greatest experiencer of all time. If you want to think of something people really respect, not just book learning, not just opinion, whatever, but truths born of experience. We often, from our mistakes of course, we get, we get experience, we get wisdom, that's how we achieve wisdom. Sadly, it's from our mistakes or someone else's. But that sets us right on the back, back on the right path. And so Augustine, after his conversion, late August, where are we now? Of well, 386, six. What is his feast day tomorrow? Whose feast day is it today? Saint Monica, thank you very much. And Monica was his? Thank you. And everybody knows something of St. Monica. You know how I know that? Because they fasted different days in Africa and Rome and Milan. And she was puzzled by this, as any of us would be, if we were honest about it. And so she went and asked Ambrose, our second window, who was, uh, Augusta was listening to. She asked about that. Do you know what Ambrose told her? What in Rome... Do what the Romans do. Let's do that together. When in Rome... Do what the Romans do. So you can't say you don't know St. Monica. You can't say you don't know St. Ambrose. And you can't say you don't know St. Augustine. And there, after the 10 years after his conversion, he was so struck by having run away from God all the time, yet God running past him faster to stop him and bring him back to himself. Because he looked down on the scripture, looked down on this, looked down on that. And finally, when he had gone all ways, he came at last to him who said, I am the way. I am the way. And in the next decade, he was so struck by the loving kindness of our God, that great ocean of mercy that was shown him and has shown all of us, which we often don't allow ourselves to hear or see or act upon or depend on or realize or have conquer our heart and our head and our soul. He realized how good the good God is and he wrote the confessions, which are a profession of faith and a profession of gratitude of how good God was at every mistaken step in his life, bringing him back, bringing him back to himself. And that first book, that first chapter, that first paragraph ends with one of the most magnificent lines in the Christian tradition. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts shall ever be restless until they rest in you. We are surrounded by people who are restless. That's a fair statement. There are many things you can say, well, that's debatable, but we're all restless in different ways. Such such are our hearts. But we have a great hope within us of the Lord's message that Peter understood because he realized who Christ was and he reveals the Unseen Father to us and that great ocean of mercy that is God in Christ our Savior, loving us, the Holy Spirit, filling our hearts with hope to go forth into the world and tell others the good news. And that's our calling. Two years ago, we had, uh, two years ago we had 30 people in the R.C.A. last year, 32. Two years ago, that fellow I mentioned went into the RCIA. So last year, he was a pillar of the parish, he was in everything, and a pillar of the Catholics and the Student Center. And on the second Holy Saturday, being received in the two years ago, a year ago at Holy Saturday, he, I who'd taken him to that window a year before, he took me to that window. And he turned me to the window, he pointed to the window, and he said, Father Salzman, if you hadn't taken me here, then he turned me around. And we looked at a church full of people. He said to me, I would never be here now. They make fun of the Pope for talking about accompanying people. They think it's a trivial thing. They miss the entire heart of the matter. How little people ever have anyone to take them seriously or to accompany them. By way of comparison, I was telling him once upon a time that Winston Churchill once was chatting with his son. And he said, do you know how long we've chatted this evening? He said, yeah. He said that is longer than all the conversations I had in my lifetime with my own father in his, longer. People go through life unaccompanied, unmentored, unassisted, unhelped. I have in front of me sterling people. Loads of things you could have done on Sunday, loads of other places you could have been. I'm sorry you have to put up with me, but this will give this, you know, you'll get lead started early. You can have ice cream Sundays through the first half of it. But the fact is, here you are with all the other things you have to do or could do, realizing that greatest of treasures and gifts that a human life can have is the love of God. And what better gift to pass on? I have an old friend from primary school. You know what he says to me constantly? The best thing a person can ever do is to teach a child about God. And it's really true i've told some of you i'll do a baptism and people are having little kids when i do the blessing or having trouble blessing themselves so i'll get all the kids you know the cousins of the kid baptized up there against there so we all have left and right is you know we're all facing the same way And i'll be over here they'll be over there and i'll say let's practice blessing ourselves and they'll help each other bless themselves and often there's one family doesn't have anything and the parents in that family the siblings of the parents of the baby will come over and say, can we have our baby baptized? Do you know what the answer to that is? Yes. The answer to that is yes. You always find people who say, well, you have to do this, that, the other, and there are things one has to do, for sure. But the settled canon law of the thing is if someone asks for baptism for the children, that desire is enough to make sure that the priest has the grounds to do it. And here we always do. If you're interested in someone who hasn't had their kids baptized and they want to know a place to knock on the door, we may be faulty and finite and limited and clumsy and bungling. That's my specialty. But the fact is that we're happy to baptize your kids or happy to marry people in church or happy to welcome them into the church. And I'm not acting as if I'm doing that. It's you who do that by being who you are and in spreading the marvelous good news of God's love. There are loads of people you hear on the radio saying, God hates this group, that group, that group. We found three other groups we can hate and we'll have more for you next month to hate. God loves everybody, no exceptions. What was the statement on with the, when he was out with the World Youth Day, the boat made? God loves everyone. Lots of people haven't heard that. Sometimes even we ourselves. There are parts of ourselves that we haven't opened to the Savior. But every week, we come to remember the good the good Lord did. Do this in remembrance of me. And here we are. Thanks for listening to Within the Walls of St. Paul's Sunday Homilies. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and consider supporting us by visiting stpaulsharvardsquare.org. That's stpaulsharvardsquare.org. God bless and see you next time.